This is Comic Shenanigans, episode 352, flashback to Wizard Special Publications, 1998. Welcome to Comic Shenanigans. I'm your host, Adam Chapman, and this is episode 352. It's our flashback to Wizard Special Publications 1998 episode. Uh, this episode is a little different in terms of a flashback episode. Usually I talk about certain comics I read at a certain time. Um, Today's kind of a random one. I came across... Uh, two Wizard Special, uh, for those who not in the know or relatively newer to comic books, they may not even know what Wizard was. Wizard was a hugely influential, um, um, what's the word, magazine uh, in the what early to mid-90s that kind of burst on the scene. Um, it was a big deal at the time, although going back on it, I think there's a, an, an ongoing feature at Comic Book Resources, which is kind of making fun of how truly terrible a magazine it actually was. Um, but it was a big deal at the time, and definitely very influential uh, in the medium uh, in comic books, and you know that's where people kind of went for the news before the internet was a thing. And um, so, if you wanted information on you know upcoming projects, like this is where people went. I mean, before, long before there was Newsarama and there was comic book resources and other such websites where people would go to for this information, uh, you would pick up these magazines and you'd get you know all this kind of promo stuff. And you know, it, it's very of its time. And you go back and you're reading you're like, oh man, like this is really '90s. But at the time, it was what we had. Um, not exactly unbiased journalism, but it was it was something. Uh, it's interesting to kind of go back and read some of the magazines. Anyways, um, Wizard did special publications all the time, uh, promoting different projects from publishers. There was one on CrossGen, I remember, right near the beginning of that. Um, I was always a huge fan of CrossGen. Um, but today, in particular, I wanted to talk about two of their special publications that were released in 1998. Um, now, I came across these recently. I was just uh, cleaning up, uh, you know, throwing away some or donating old books and stuff. And I, I, I don't have most of my Wizard magazines. I think I, I ended up recycling them all at some point because they just weren't useful anymore. Um, and it was I was in the process of doing this when I came across uh, two of my well, actually a, a number of special publications from Wizard, but two of them specifically are from 1998. Um, and these were my two favorites, um, and that's why I wanted to talk about them today because I, they were actually hugely influential on me as a as a younger reader. Uh, plus, they're fascinating kind of um, artifacts of a, of a way you know uh, bygone age. Um, so I'm looking at the first one I'm going to talk about today is the on the cover. It's Wizard Special Publication X Men. It's an X Men special, three ninety nine US, five forty nine Canadian. Yeah, that wasn't the greatest time for the Canadian dollar. Um, now, it's interesting. I'm going to flip to the back. Now, my, my copy is heavily worn and beaten because I read this all the time. But uh, the back cover, uh, it's... I used to... Looking at this stuff reminds me of a, of a different age for me. Um, I mean, if we go back to eight, um, 1998, I was 14 most of the year, then 15 in November. So 14, 15 years old, um, really getting into comics. Uh, I would have been grade 10. Uh, or either grade nine or ten, depending on what this this is telling you. It was coming out in September, so this is probably in the summer. So uh, it's hard to tell exactly when it was coming out. But I remember uh, on the back we have a, a kind of a promotional ad, and, and it's advertising um, Marvel the September hot picks, and it's showing uh, Punisher number one, 
Black Panther number one and Humans number one and Daredevil number one. And if that sounds familiar, that's because it's the launch of Marvel Knights. So it's very interesting that like that's a hugely influential uh, period in Marvel history. Uh, and it was just about to happen when this magazine came out. Um, on the back, I actually like how it describes each title. It just says for Daredevil, it just says the Devil. For Inhuman, it says the Royal Family. For Punisher says the castle, and it's interesting because it was the the weird demonic kind of angel Punisher version, and then for Black Panther just the king, um, and at the at the very bottom it just says believing is seeing, uh, Marvel nine ninety eight. Anyways, so this is an X Men publication, um, and then when you open up the front cover, you got more of these Marvel this August hot picks. Uh, and again, this is during the 35th anniversary of the X-Men, because uh, you have Uncanny X-Men 360 with the only old deadly X-Men with by uh, Steve Siegel and Chris Bacalow. I got Mutant X number one with Havocs Trapped on a Parallel World by Howard Mackey and Tom Rainey. Uh, Cable number 59, which is kind of the runt of these four books, I would say, um, which is Who is Agent 18 by Joe Casey and Jose Ladron, who at the time wasn't as big a fan of the art, but going back on it, man, is it's, it is so Kirby-esque, it's amazing. And then we have X-Men 80 uh, by Joe Kelly and Brandon Peterson, and that was coming out that August because it was the 35th anniversary. And this is the big X-Men special. Um, and now, well, the reason why I wanted to talk about this kind of stuff is, again, it's very of its time. Um, the first thing that we have here is, uh, the first article is, uh, the top 10 things you need to know about the X-Men. So it's like, who are the X-Men? What's a mutant? Why does everyone hate them? Who's on the current X-Men roster? If Professor X founded the X-Men, where is he? What does the X stand for in X-Men? Why are there so many X-Books? Which actually, these are pretty good questions, to be honest, in terms of if you didn't know anything. Uh, where, are the, where do the X-Men get the cash from mansion and stuff like the Danger Room? What's with this stage of future past and age of apocalypse I keep hearing about? Did I miss something? And how do all the X-Women actually fit into their costumes? Uh, and I, you know, it's interesting that right next to, um, that kind of discussion, there's a really cheesecake shot by, it looks like either Jim Lee or, or someone who's definitely aping his style, uh, with the Psylocke sunning herself by a pool and, uh, you have Storm in the, in a bikini as well. And you do have a shot of, of Scott and Logan, but they're not nearly as ridiculously dressed, um, there's a, an article about the year of living dangerously of the things that were coming up for the 35th anniversary. Uh, now that they had Joe Kelly and Steven Siegel taking over. Um, there's a little bit of a brief synopsis on Stanley and Roy Thomas's, uh, you know, what they wrote on X-Men and what they're remembered for, what their favorite characters were. There's a bunch of these uh, kind of sidebars with Neil Adams and Dave Cockrum, Chris Claremont, Scott Lobdell, John Byrne. It's kind of interesting. Um, then they have a, well, this is not as interesting. Then you have a bit of a who would win in a death match with different X-Men. That's yeah, very wizardy. That's something that you would see a lot in wizard comics. Uh, and then there's one of my favorite things about this magazine, and part of why I wanted to talk about it, uh, because it really had a flood of memories coming back, was as X-Men 101. 100 facts you have to know about the X-Men, plus an extra one thrown in for good luck. Um, and why does this matter? Well, I mean, I was started reading X-Men comics, what, in 96, I think? Um, so I'd been into the X-Men maybe two years, and I didn't know everything. There wasn't a Wikipedia to read about. There's, you know, I didn't have a lot of money to go forget all these back issues. So you, you pick up this magazine, which, as I said, in Canadian dollars would have been, you know, 550 So at the time, I think comics were around, I'm trying to remember, around this time they were probably about... 
two sixty five, three dollars uh, Canadian. So you know, for the price of two comics, I could get this magazine. And it has so much information about all these characters that have really come to love, and it's you know very kind of quick factoids about people. Like for example, uh, number sixty six, number one mutant, never an X Man. Well, that has thankfully been changed in the last uh, 20 years. Uh, Prince Namor the Submariner is technically Marvel's first mutant, debuting in 1939. He is the hybrid son of a human and an Atlantean. Um, so it's just like these quick facts um, kind of giving you information on the X-Men. There's you know great artwork that's kind of reprinted as well from different issues. Um, there's actually... A, now this is only up to... Uh, there's a, a by the numbers, um, so it's sales figures aren't the only big numbers the X Men have racked up. Where the new team, when the new, since the new team debuted in 1975, below is a tally of the mutant team's activities, running from giant size X Men number one through uncanny X Men 358 and X Men 77, including including concurrent annuals. Um, and just, I'm not going to read out all of them. Uh, there were 72 times that Wolverine called Professor X Chuck or Charlie. Uh, 38 times that, uh, or maybe just issues. It doesn't really say exactly. I, I feel like it's got to be just times. Wolverine said Bub 229 times. Nightcrawler teleported 306 times. Cyclops shot his eye beams 307. Wolverine popped his claws 387 times. Uh, Professor X was hit by a brick once. He wore bl- uh, Professor X wore black biker leather um, and studs uh, once. An X Man has had an illegitimate child twice. Kitty smoked once. Beast ate popcorn with his feet once. Uh, Marrow pulled forty-three bones from her body. Uh, two people, two times, someone couldn't understand Maggot, and someone changed their costume seventy-seven times. Uh, in terms of the plots, the X Men saved the world eighteen times. The X Men fought the Sentinels eighteen times. They fought up the uh, they fought Apocalypse once. I don't know how that's right, but whatever. I guess it, a lot of Apocalypse was usually an X Factor. Uh, so I guess they weren't counting that. Uh, a planet was destroyed 12 times. The mansion, or a large part of it, was destroyed five times. A hero or villain died 51 times, but a hero or villain was revived 23 times. Uh, it's interesting. Reality was altered 65 times, and Cerebra only detected nine new mutants. Uh, there's also, um, again, up to this point, uh, Angel had appeared in 103 issues. Wolverine had showed up in 237 issues. Um, at this point, Chris Claremont had written 200 issues, the most of any other writer. Scott Lobdell at that point was second with 94 issues uh, that he was credited for. The uh, most uh, prolific penciler of, I guess, just Uncanny X-Men and X-Men at this point was John Romita Jr. with 44, Andy Kubert at 39, John Byrne at 36. Which is, I love this you know, shit like this. Um, this is, you know, what really made me so much more interested. Obviously, it's a it's a puff piece. It's a magazine about upcoming comics. The, there's an article about a Gambit comic. There's an article about the upcoming Mutant X comic. Um, so, you know, to try and get people excited. There's, you know, all this stuff. Uh, there, you know, where is Wolverine going to be going with his new storyline with, you know, as you they were not quite at the point where they were bringing back his adamantium yet, but they were going to be throwing him into space and like all this stuff was happening. What's going to be happening with cable, uh, generation X, like these are all the kind of books of the time X force. Um, you know, and uh, this is, this is just promoting upcoming material. Um, but there's also, you know, even as you're reading all these articles, there's sidebars telling you who these characters are in the different universes or even different titles. So you can understand, you know, who all these people are. Um, 
There's the top 10 best X-Men villains. Apocalypse is number eight. Uh, the Brood is number six. Juggernaut's number four. Sabretooth is number five. Proteus is number three. Dark Phoenix is number two. And Magneto is number one. Um, there's now this is funny. If there's there is an article about you know maybe that there's there's a movie coming up and Brian Singer is going to be working on it and wondering who's going to be in it and the only person they even get remotely correct is uh, is. Um, Patrick Stewart as a Professor X, but at the moment it was just kind of a, they'd love to, but who knows if it'll happen. Um, anyways, and then there's a whole feature on the, the X-Men editor at the time, who was Mark Powers. Um, great stuff. And at the very end, again, there's another one of these Marvel this August hot picks. Uh, we have Alpha Flight 15, which I don't think was a big deal. Uh, an issue of uh, Hulk, although I don't know what Hulk issue it was, because, again, uh, I have, unfortunately, part of my cover has been ripped uh, in the intervening years. Uh, I've got Deadpool 21, which is the countdown to Dead Reckoning by Joe Kelly, and Avengers number 9 with Moses Magnum Returns. Um, so this was the X-Men special publication from Wizard in 1998, and next up we got the Spider-Man special publication, which actually is in much better shape than my. I think I must have read the X-Men one a lot more, or I just started taking care of things a little bit better with the uh, Spider-Man one. Um, on its back cover, this was later in the year, It uh, they had a, a different style of uh, of ad. It was no longer kind of the... Um, cross section where you had like a, an icon in the middle and then you had four covers uh, on you know, all the corners of the page. This one was a little bit different typeface and it was hyping up the the new launch of uh, Spider-Man books. But in, in particular, um, it was, let's see, what was it actually talking about? Spider-Man chapter one, number one is what they were talking about. Uh, and it looks like it was going to be 13 issues always. I didn't actually remember that, but I guess that's true. Uh, and it says, uh, John Byrne brings a new spin to the web spinner. Power and responsibility. Uh, it was not a very good series. If you've never heard of or never read Spider-Man Chapter 1, it's not very good. Uh, and then the first page or the interior of the cover, it was there's another ad. And this time it's for the launch of Peter Parker Spider-Man Number 1 in November of '98. Um, as well as Amazing Spider-Man number one, which was actually... It's weird that they say Peter Parker Spider-Man first, even though technically it comes out a week after the other one. And then I like this. So it's, who is this Spider-Man, and why isn't he Peter Parker? The new spin begins. It actually ends up being a, a, a woman, but uh, we don't know that at the time. Uh, Peter Parker Spider-Man number one, Amazing Spider-Man number one, at the very bottom in smaller print, and don't miss Web Spinner's Tales of Spider-Man number one, on sale uh, November 25th. Um, I don't think a lot of people bought that, but it's actually a good issue, only because it has a backup by J.M. DeMatteis and uh, John Romita Sr. Uh, called the the I believe it's just called the Kiss, and it's um, it's kind of like it's be, it's the last kiss that Spider Man or sorry Peter Parker and Gwen Stacy ever shared. But really, what it is also is kind of like a blueprint for what would later be done by Jeff Loeb and Tim Sale in Spider Man Blue. It's very similar in terms of its structure. Um, same type of structure into this magazine as we saw. in x-men as first we have spider facts which gives us you know who is spider-man what are his powers how do he get his powers why does he fight crime so why does everyone think he's a menace what's this i hear about a spider baby what were the spider hunt and identity crisis storylines which i think i did a, a previous flashback episode on a long time ago uh why does any of this matter did his spider-man sorry didn't peter parker just retire and aren't the spider-man books canceled Aunt May is back then who's Aunt anna wouldn't someone who has been by a radioactive spider get cancer 
And uh, then we get right into Howard Mackey having an interview, basically talking about where they're going to be bringing the uh, the new books. And there's like a bit of a, a little sidebar talking about John Romita Jr. because he was going to be the artist on one of the books. Um, there's a, you know, a sidebar on the supporting players in Spider-Man's life. Uh, then there's an article kind of promoting the upcoming Chapter 1, which, as I said, ended up not really being that great a book, uh, and kind of describing what some of the upcoming revamps were going to look like. Uh, again, throughout the issue, there's more promos for upcoming Spider-Books, in particular one that is a near and dear to my heart is Slingers, um, which is uh, with great power, there can, there can also come great, great irresponsibility. Who are the Slingers? Four 48-page premiere issues, each featuring a different 16-page origin of one of the team members, which I don't think has ever really been done since. Or no, it probably has been. I'm just wrong. But uh, it's definitely a unique, different way of going about it. And then, just like in the X-Men one, we have Spider-Man 101, which is a lot more concentrated because instead of having to focus on so many characters in the team, it's on a character. So it's a lot simpler. Uh, there's a, a page of the different looks that Spider-Man's had over the years and his all his different um, televised um, versions uh, as they continue the 101 kind of facts. Um, Dared, uh, sorry, Deadpool gets a, another um, uh, you know shot here. Where in October we have more of the Dead Reckoning storyline that was uh, also hyped up in the X-Men, sorry, X-Men um, special for uh, special by Wizard. Um, so anyways, this is where I learned a lot of my spider facts. This is where I started to like, really learn stuff. There's even a thing about which friends and enemies of Peter Parker know his identity. Uh, there's an article in the upcoming Web Spinners at that point. Um, an article on Slingers, which is always going to be near and dear to my heart and kind of describing who these people are. Um, there's a, a nice little kind of uh, page on Spider-Man's costume and his web shooters and his basically his um, his his methods and his uh, mechanical web shooters and everything like that. So basically, his equipment. Um, there's a, a, a bit of a, a you know a silly um, kind of comic strip that's it's actually a photo essay more than that where someone's dressed up as Spider-Man. It's you know a silly adventure. Uh, then there's um, a kind of an, uh, a focus on the different kind of villains and heroes in Spider-Man's world. There's uh, the, something called the Faces of Death, and it's basically a, disc- uh, a look at all the different um, uh, what's it called? Mostly dead people, um, but uh, it's like looking at all these goblins. And again, uh, Don- Lefty Donovan deceased, Ned Leeds deceased. Because at this time this was written, we I don't believe no no we did. I was like, maybe we didn't know that Ned Leeds wasn't the real Hobgoblin. No, we did when this was published. Because uh, Bart Hamilton's listed, Jason Phelan McIndale, uh, Roderick Kingsley, and Harry Osborne. They were all dead at the time. Um, and then Norman Osborne. So basically everyone who is in any way connected to the um, the Goblin legacy at that point. There's even a Goblin timeline, which is really cool. Uh, kind of showing when all these characters showed up. There's a, a list of all the different uh, love interests that Spider-Man had. And even a girlfriend timeline. Um, again, without Wikipedia, this is how I learned my Spider-Man mythos. This is how I learned the lore. Um, you know, people who have listened to the podcast know I have a fairly extensive knowledge of these things. And a lot of it originally came from reading these types of magazines. Um, you know, these bullet-sized information nuggets, um, not too much, not not too short. It was just enough to kind of really kind of get your sink your teeth in and get interested. Now, this is interesting. There's a Simply Amazing the top 10 greatest Spider-Man stories ever told. 
I don't know if I can agree with this. Number 10 was uh, the Spider-Man vs. Wolverine story. That's controversial. Uh, there's If This Be My Destiny, or otherwise known as the Master Planner storyline from Amazing Spider-Man 31 to 33, is number 9. Shadows of Evil's Past, Amazing Spider-Man 238 to 239, is number 8. That's the first appearance of the Hobgoblin. There's the first Venom story, is number 7, uh, Amazing Spider-Man 300. Death of Gene DeWolf is number 6. Uh, the Kid Who Collects Spider-Man Amazing Story is number five. Number four is the origin story of Spider-Man in Amazing Amazing Fantasy number 15. Uh, number three is Caught in the Act, which I don't think is that memorable a story compared to some of the others, um, which is a Spider-Man, Cobra, and Mr. Hyde storyline. Uh, number two, The Night Gwen Stacy Died. Now that, to me, is very controversial. That's almost always number one. And number one, Nothing Can Stop the Juggernaut. I don't know about that. Then there's the most embarrassing storylines and, and moments in Spider-Man's history. There's a whole thing on his fashion sense and the different uh, costumes he'd worn throughout the years, as well as a look at the upcoming, at that point, character of Spider-Girl. Um, and that was all something that was very, uh, just about to happen, because what if a, 105 had just happened with the first appearance of Spider-Girl, but she hadn't had her own ongoing yet. So that is from the Wizard special publication Spider-Man from 1998. That's going to wrap us up for today's uh, flashback episode. You can email us at comicshenanigans at gmail.com, like us on Facebook, rate and review us on iTunes, subscribe to us on iTunes, and you can always, always listen to us on Stitcher as well. Thanks again for joining us for this episode, and we'll catch you next time. Bye-bye.